that. I want to thank you for bringing the Easter lilies in this morning. Again, it's a tradition here that we would bring one in memory of, some of that's gone before us. They look like a trumpet, so we're looking for the trumpet sound so that you can be back with them. And you want to go to heaven when you die, because the alternative I heard is horrible. And so we want to help you with that. This is the greatest story ever told. You unanimously read it this morning. And uh, whether you believe it or not, it's up to you, and it's all by faith. And so what I did was look at this story that's uh, the greatest that's ever been told. I, a while back, I, I looked at wikihow.com, and sometimes you have you know, YouTube to look to to see how you do things and uh, discover things. And I thought to myself, what goes into a great story if this is the greatest story ever told? And so they told me that uh, in order to have uh, a great story, what determines that would be, first of all, you have to have a good setting. So determine the setting. Uh, make a memorable, memorable characters. And so the characters have to be people that you remember if you're going to have a good story. Um, number three, um, understand the two types of conflict because there is internal conflict, uh, and that is when the character struggles with their own opposing desires or belief, and this happens all within them. And then there is really partly an external conflict, of course. The character struggles uh, against something or someone uh, beyond their control. Number four, uh, give your plot a twist in order to be able to keep their attention uh, number five, recreate natural dialogue and so that they can relate to it. Um, articulate voice, number six, through the point of view. And I have never written a story, to be honest with you. Some people are writers by nature. I have uh, a nephew who likes to write, and so he's written some. They're not true, but they are stories in his mind. And, uh, but the story of Jesus Christ is true. And so when we think about a story and the greatest story ever told, we must look at the story of Jesus Christ and remember that there is murder involved in the story, uh, betrayal. Uh, there is also war mentioned in there. There's love. There's suspense. There's mystery. There's always a happy ending with a good story, isn't there? I watch a lot of Westerns, and so I don't know who writes those, but it seems like they are related to each other because they always end the same, where he gets the girl and, you know, uh, is able to succeed in that particular community. Um, but the story we're talking about this morning is the story that God wrote. The author is alive and well. The Lord Jesus Christ is the premium character of the story. We know this, and the Holy Spirit is moving and working in the hearts of men. But it's a story kind of interesting, because the kindest person is rejected. It's where the loving person is hated. It's where the one who gave his life is killed. It's interesting, because what makes the resurrection story great is really... The story's ending on how Jesus Christ came out of the grave alive. And why is the story the greatest one ever told? Because it is the greatest comeback of all times. 
I don't know if you've ever been involved with sports, but sometimes when you see that, it generates you uh, uh, an incredible amount of attention as you see the, the, per, the person who's supposed to win. Maybe your team is, is down and, and uh, there's a struggle, and then they come back and win. If you're, you know what I'm talking about? You feel that feeling when the Brewers are down and then they come back? You ever feel that? And I'll say, wow, they, we showed the Cardinals, didn't we? And it didn't happen yesterday, by the way. Um, I just don't like the Cardinals for some reason. But when they lose to the Cardinals, it's a whole other day. I'm a little bit sad this morning. I had to have two cups of coffee to get me going. But when there is the success, like there was one evening when I was in my basement and the boys were quite young at the time, and maybe you remember, it was on December 3rd, 2015, and the Packers were down by 20 points. They came back against Detroit. You might remember now in your mind. They were still down by two points with no time left. Green Bay, of course, given an untimed down because of a penalty by the Lions. Um, They were able to have one more down with the time being gone. So they had a free play. And they're on their 36-yard line. 36-yard line. Uh, 39-yard line. They're on the 39-yard line. Uh, their own yard line. Uh, you might remember. How many remember that? Look at that. Yeah. We're going to go afterwards and have something to eat with you. I love you. <laughs> By this time, my boys were already upstairs. One of them stomped his way out of the room. He was upset. With the Lions rushing in only three men, Rogers took control of that. He rolled right. Remember it? Then he rolled left. Then he rolled right again. And he threw a bomb. 67 yards. The ball went up high into the sky. We were thinking, man, I can't even see it. It's so high. And it came down into the soft, cushy arms of Richard Rodgers. And it was a touchdown. And the Packers. Feel that feeling? Let me tell you something, guys. It can't hold a candle to the feeling of Jesus Christ walking out of the grave on the first Resurrection Sunday. There was a rumbling of the ground, and then the tomb was opened up. And as we think about the greatest story ever told, we cannot deny this biblical truth that Jesus arose from the grave. Just when the religious crowd thought that they got rid of him, yes, the religious crowd got rid of Jesus. He arose. And just when the devil thought he had his demons, had won, he arose. And just when the heavens bowed in wonder, in silence for three days and three nights, then on the third day, he arose. I I love the song. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, and I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. The chorus goes like this. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me, and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me why I know he lives? He lives within my heart. The resurrection story is the greatest ever told. Let me just give you the quickest sermon you've ever heard on Easter Sunday, all right? Some of you are saying, wonderful. 
Some people say, let's have less before you preach and more of your preaching. I know you, and you're hungry already. So let's have less preaching this morning. But I want your attention, because I want to tell you why it is the greatest story ever told. The first thing is because of the faith it portrays. It is the greatest story because faith is involved. If, I want you to look at the text, if you would, the 15th chapter, actually a little, a, little, a little farther back, if you would, beginning in verse number 39, and we see the faith of the people that were involved. You have here an incredible amount of faith. And by the way, the police officer that was watching them in verse number 39, when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out then and gave up the ghost, he said, truly, this man was what? The son of God. And so the person is actually in charge of the security The police officer, if you would, is looking up at Jesus the way that he died in the trembling that happened and the darkness that came upon the earth. And he knew that this was the son of God because no man could endure what he endured unless God be with him. I think about verse number 39, but I also look at verse number 40 of that particular text of of verse chapter 15, verse number 40. And there are also women looking afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the less, and Joseph, and so Jim and Joe's mom was there also, and Salome was there also, and so there was probably others who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. They were all watching afar off, and it was their faith because they followed him before he died, and they followed him after he arose from the dead. So when I look at the text, I see the faith that is involved, and there were people of faith, and their faith, of course, was placed onto the Messiah before he was resurrected. I love what Paul does as he confronts the racial issue by by Peter, and, and Paul confronts him face to face. And in Galatians chapter 2.20, after he confronts him, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What, what a beautiful verse, because it helps us understand that it is by faith. It's not by our works of righteousness. Otherwise, we'd be walking around thinking we're really something. We're not. The I get this, I see the, 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 the more difficult things are. I told one of the men this morning, I said, you know you're getting old when you have a pair of glasses that you wear every day and a pair that you wear when you preach. You know you're getting old when that happens. You know you're getting old when you get up in the morning and you, you, you say to yourself, I don't know if I can... But you know you're going to, right? Sometimes it's a little more perky if you can turn Fox News on, right? Instead of hearing the garbage on CNN. I am so tired of this culture lying to us. And even Fox News does at times. And, and they must be deceived themselves in order to deceive others. And I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus. I'm thankful that it's by faith that I can actually put my faith and my trust into him. And I don't have to put it into my works or put it into my performance. It is all about him. 
I said earlier that it's all about him. We were watching written in stone uh, for Sunday school and how it's important for us to remember it's never I. I did this. I did that. I, you got pride problems. You got, because I is in the middle of pride. So you have I problems too. So think about this. It's all about him. When you get to the gate of heaven, you're not going to say I, I, I. Sometimes we say, I feel so rotten because of what I've done. Well, guess what? It's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus did and what he did for you. Because he actually cleansed you from all of your sin if you've come to him. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you do feel decrepit. And you think, well, I did this bad and I did that bad. And on the other hand, there are those that say, I was a good person. I, 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 was, I paid my taxes. I never cheated on my wife. I'm a good guy. It doesn't matter. Either side of the eye, it doesn't matter. It's all pride. It's about what he did. Jesus Christ is the only one. I stand before you by the grace of the living God to tell you that salvation is done no other way but put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And the resurrection projects that. It gives us an understanding a little bit more of the simple people in which we're involved because he never went uh, to the institutions of higher learning and it was never about knowledge and our culture today thinks it's all about knowledge no it's all about faith and it always will be where is your faith is it weak this morning or is it strong faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God if you're a little bit off this morning and not strong in your faith, then I would say that get a Bible and get alone and read it. It'll strengthen your faith automatically. Read, start with the book of John. Read all the way to the book of Romans. And by that time, you'll understand that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. But you'll understand the precious grace of our God who sent his only begotten son. By the way, that term needs to be used even in our songs. He has but one Only one only begotten son. His name is Jesus Christ. And he has many sons and daughters that are in Christ, of course. But we have to remember Jesus Christ. So all of this gives us that understanding that it must be an active faith, by the way, that we walk by faith. And and listen to the verses again. Look with me, if you would, at, at Mark chapter 16. And by the way, I've been saying this a lot. Did you realize that Mark only, he only has 16 chapters, and from chapter 11 to chapter 16 is seven days of history. That last third of the book of Mark is only seven days, and it's all about the gospel. Do you know why? Because that's the most important part of the death and the burial and resurrection of Christ. And Mark writes this. Listen to the first four verses again, if you would, with me. It says, And when the Sabbath, this this Saturday, was passed, then Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had had bought uh, sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Took a lot of time. Took a lot of money to get the ointment and everything. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came under the sepulcher, at the rising of the sun, because of the rising of the S-O-N, right? And uh, listen to what it says in verse 3. And they said among themselves, 
Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When they had looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And so we must understand a little bit more of these women and their faith. It was a privilege for them to minister to Jesus, as we saw earlier in verse number 41 of chapter 15, that these were ladies that had an active faith and they served the Lord. And I want to say to you today, how active is your faith? You have faith. True, authentic faith is going to have motion with it. It's going to have action with it. And so it was a privilege for them to minister unto Jesus and to serve Jesus. They came early in the morning. They stepped out, even though there were obstacles in verses 3 and 4. They were thinking on the way, how can we get to the body? But that really wasn't important. The obstacle would be taken away. They knew that, that they were going to be able to, the body of Jesus, their faith stepped into the grave. I think about how that so many of us have obstacles in our lives, and today you have things in your life that are keeping you from Jesus. And even though the stone is rolled away, you're still not getting it. What is that obstacle? Is it, is it a, a, a self-burden that you have? Is it a self-boulder that you have? Is it a self-problem? Is it, is it sin? Maybe it's just a simple not wanting to see Jesus as resurrected. Whatever it may be, it can be overcome by putting your faith and your trust and just saying, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. This morning I woke up, to be honest with you, with the words, yes, Lord, yes. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes. And I'll trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. My answer will be, yes, Lord, yes. And and I want you to know that all you need to do is turn to Christ and say, yes, I believe. Come, forgive me of my sin. Wash me of the filth of my past. Whether it's pride, whether it's my own goods or whatever I've done, wash me of that. And so we, we say, what is this story and why is it so good? Really, I believe because of the faith that it portrays, if you would. Number two, because of the hope it provides. And so this story gives us Hope, uh, hope in the announcement of the angel we see in 5 and 6. Look what the Bible says with me in verse number 5 of, of Mark chapter 16. It says, and, he, and, 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 he, and, and entered into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed with a long white garment, and, and they were frightened. Well, I would be too, to be honest with you. I don't want to be in a cemetery and see something with a long robe on. And then the thing speaks to me. I I would be afraid too. In fact, the Greek word here for this frightened means that they were utterly astonished. And it wasn't like I, whoa, just a real quick one. You ever do that? You ever scare someone and they go, you know, that happens to us sometimes, right? That wasn't like this. Their eyes were wide open. I believe that they began to sweat and thinking, what is going on? Because it actually goes further. In 
In fact, if you look at verse number 8, and they went out quickly and they fled the sepulcher, for they, they trembled. They were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were what? They were afraid. I don't know if I've ever been that scared. But it stays on for a long period of time. But they were. Interesting. Why were they so afraid? It's because they were overwhelmed and overcome with the presence of something divine. And it happens to us too when we say, okay, Lord, I give you my life. You become overwhelmed and you have an incredible reverence for God the rest of your life and you know and you stand in awe because you know this God knows everything about you. And he always has and always will because you are his if you've come to him. And so because of the hope that it provides, the hope in the appearance, of course, of the Lord, uh, verse number nine, it actually appeared here to Mary. Look at verse number nine, if you would, with me. Uh, and now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils or seven demons. And so this woman who was once demon-possessed now actually is a follower of Jesus Christ. And now she sees him, and she is really the first person to see Jesus uh, after his resurrection. It wasn't the disciples. It wasn't the kings. It was a poor woman who gave her life over to the demons who actually was released. And she was the first person to see Jesus risen from the grave. That was a divine meeting. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how filthy you feel. I don't care what you've, how you think about yourself. If you give yourself to Jesus Christ, he'll accept you. And he always will. Acceptance. It brings hope. The appearance of Mary. But look at verse number 12. It says, and after that, he appeared in another form unto two of them. And as they walked and went into the... Isn't it amazing how we believe parts of the Bible? You know what you should do? You should believe all the Bible. Every word. Because the Bible says that the word of God is inspired by God. God breathed. All scripture is given by inspiration. And so we understand that this is an account that actually happened after he appeared. Uh, again, the two. But look at verse number 14. After he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat and unbraided them with their, their unbelief, and so he scolded them and the hardness of their heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he had risen. It's amazing to me because he told them he was going to rise again the third day. And he did and they saw him, but they still doubted it. Maybe you're doubting today. Maybe you're like doubting Thomas. Look what the Bible says with me at the text. Verse 9 says, he appeared. Verse number 12 says, he appeared. Verse number 14 says, he appeared. He appeared, and he appeared, and he appeared again. And by the way, he's going to appear again soon. And I hope you're ready for that. And by the way, if you've never put your faith and your trust in Christ, then you're not ready to see him. But you will sit before him, and you will bow the knee, whether it is to enter into his presence or whether it is for the angels to cast you into the lake of fire. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope. 
And he entered in and gave them access then to the, to the, to the, to the, to the tomb because it was rolled away to convince them, to, to comfort them, to, to, to convey them the power of, of God, that he could roll the stone away, but also to qualify them that they could actually be preachers of the gospel. Women? Absolutely. All the Spirit had come upon all flesh. What's keeping you from telling someone else about the good news? And gave the assurance of them of the resurrection. I like the song, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus' Blood and His Righteousness. What is your hope on? I hope it's on Jesus. He's the only way. And so we see because of the faith it portrays, because of the hope it provides, but also because of the love that it projects. In Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, it says, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ commands our attention. It speaks of our attention. The whole world is shut down today because it's what they call Easter Sunday, but it's Resurrection Sunday. It's one day of the year that we celebrate worldwide here at Grace Baptist Church. Every Sunday seems to be Easter Sunday. It seems to be we talk about the resurrection every time. Why? Because it is the most important thing. I was talking to someone recently about the way that I do things, and sometimes I take the simple things and reinstate them. That's part of the character, and I ask God many times, why do you choose those that seem to be, seems to not have it all together? Because he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I'm saying to you, honestly, before you, that I don't have any rights to this. This is what God has done. And God took a simple little boy and decided to use him to preach the word of God. And I tremble when I do so, because out of the mouth of babes comes truth. And let me just share with you that I don't know where you're at when you're thinking of yourself, but if you think yourself more highly, then humble your heart this morning and come to Christ, because there's never been a love like this where someone would lay down their life for those that follow him. Muhammad never will. Confucius never did, but Jesus did. And by the way, if they were to discover their graves today, there's bones there, but they can't find any bones in the grave of Jesus. Do you know why? Because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Simple truth. It is the greatest story ever told because it is the greatest act ever given. Love that longs for attention. Heaven is saying, look up. Look upon the cross, and you'll see the love that I have for you. The song that she played this morning, Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ.
arose. The second stanza goes, vainly they watch his bed, Jesus my Savior. Vainly sealed the dead, Jesus my Lord. Death cannot keep his prey, Jesus my Savior. He for tore the bands, the bars away, Jesus my Lord. I don't know where you're at spiritually this morning, but the reason why we get so excited and so passionate on Easter Sunday is because we know that Jesus Christ is alive. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. And I don't know where you're at spiritually. I shake your hand. You got a nice smile. You may know Christ as your Savior. You may not. I don't know. But God knows. And if you're in need of that love today, turn to him. He'll love you unconditionally. And can I just say this before I shut everything down and shake your hand at the door? Let me say this, that if you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, when you did that, your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And every person who has their name in the Lamb's Book of Life, the names will be read off in heaven. It's going to be a long line. Let me tell you something. But we got all eternity to call the names. And I hope you'll say, I am here. I hope that's you. I hope your name is there. But if it is, it can never be taken away. Because the Bible tells us that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. It's not by some kind of, uh, you know, popular vote. You know, what bothers me today a lot of times is they really don't care about the law. They just want the popular thing, you know. And before I go too far into that, I got to keep because I get all upset what's going on in this administration, but I'm going to keep my mouth closed as much as I can. Forgive me, Lord. But they need to be saved, right? Because they're lost as a pet coon in a rainstorm. That's where they're at. Let me, let me just share this with you, that if your name is written in the last book of life, did you realize it's forever? When I was only... Seven years old, 1968. We lived in a whole other world back then. But I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to be 62 in a few months. He has never left me alone. He sealed me with the Holy Spirit of promise. You know what that seal is? The seal is the Holy Spirit living within you. And he will never leave until your body is taken to be with Christ in heaven. Make sense? Because it's true. Have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ? You can do it on Resurrection Sunday. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm sure of my salvation and I know Christ is my Savior. I, I accepted him like you when I was young. Maybe you've been backslidden. Maybe you're not where you need to be spiritually. And he's tugging at your heart. He's saying, do you know how much I love you? Do you know how much hope I can give you? He's asking for your faith again. And maybe you need to come and just be renewed here at the altar. You would say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you renew me? And I want to rededicate my life to you. Maybe that's you this morning. But maybe there's one here that would say, you know, I don't, I don't believe all of this. 
I never have. But lately, God's been dealing with me in my heart. And now I believe. Maybe that's you. And you would say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? Is there anybody that would say, I need Jesus. I've never accepted him and I need him. Would you pray for me that I too would accept him? Just lift up your hand and put it back down again. Thank you for your honesty, sir. Anybody else would say, yes, I need Jesus. Anyone else? God is speaking to you, dear friend. How long will he speak to you before you say yes to him? With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's have an invitation. Would you please stand? No one looking around this morning. I'm going to pray when I'm done, the invitation will begin. If you need to come for any kind of help, whether it's baptism, whether it's church membership, or even salvation, why don't you come? Maybe you just want to come and pray. Say, here I am, Lord. It's been a long time since I've given you my heart. I want to challenge you to do that today. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would work in the invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.